Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so by visiting us online at BethesdaChurch.tv. Now, let's jump into the message. excited to be here today. Man, what a wonderful presence of God in this place. So good to see each and every one of you. Welcome once again to Bethesda Church. Um, We're glad that you're here. Um, Each week we see more and more people making the step back into service, and so it's always good to see you in person. Um, We've been in a series here entitled Monarchy. Have you guys enjoyed the series so far? I've really enjoyed preaching uh, this series and and talking about the kingdom of God, and this is actually part seven, and good news for you guys, this is the last message, all right? Uh, We're going to wrap it up today, um, and uh, I I believe what God has given me today is very important to um, the kingdom, to monarchy, to what we want to see God do in our lives. We've learned so far in this series that there are benefits to being in the kingdom. How many of you understand there are benefits to being in the kingdom of God? There, it, it comes with certain benefits. Um, some of those benefits we've covered. Uh, we know that we are royalty uh, in the kingdom of God as sons and daughters. We know that we have been given power. We've been given authority. Uh, we are now free to serve, amen? Uh, we, we have all these benefits that come into our life as a result of being a part of the kingdom of this monarchy. Monarchy meaning supreme power and sovereignty that is held by a single person. And we know that person is Jesus Christ. Um, The scripture prophetically teaches us that the kingdom of God will actually break into pieces all the other kingdoms. Uh, And and so this kingdom that that we are in, this kingdom that we are a part of, how many know it's it's gonna last? Like all other kingdoms will fail, but the kingdom of God will stand, amen? Uh, And and so we have that promise today. And so God wants to release this kingdom to you. He wants to release it to me. Uh, Jesus said the kingdom is within us. It's something that he wants us to be a part of. The scripture tells us that if you and I are obedient, everybody say obedient, all right? Obedient, if we're obedient, we will eat the good of the land, we'll increase, we'll multiply, we'll see God's favor. Uh, A lot of people look at the principles of God as stumbling blocks, but how many know the principles of of God are not stumbling blocks, The, the principles of God actually set you up for favor. It sets you up for blessing. It sets you up for increase. And so it's all about the way we look at the principles of God, um, you know, how they benefit us um, when we apply those principles. And I believe that we need to look at the principles of God the same way we look at ingredients for a recipe. And uh, the way I would explain this to you, um, my little girl, Everly, she's four years old and she loves to bake cakes. Uh, She loves cooking in general, but she really loves baking cakes. A couple Saturday mornings uh, back, uh, she's an early riser too, by the way, like 6, 6.30 a.m. She comes and and grabs me on a Saturday morning, our one day to sleep. Um, It's not happening. Uh, And she wakes me up and says, Daddy, I want to bake a birthday cake. And I said, there's no birthdays to celebrate, baby. Uh, She said, I don't care. I want to make a birthday cake. 
Um, and I obliged, like I got up, and we went in and started making this cake. Uh, she's four years old and already understands the importance of having all the ingredients, and not just all the ingredients, the right amount of the ingredients, so that the cake, the final product, comes out the way that you want it to come out. And I believe that a lot of times, and, and, and the way this, this applies, is we can get a lot of things right. But how many know we could be missing one thing that could change our life? We could be missing one principle that would help us walk in to that finished product. Not that God is done with us, but a more complete product. Um, and, and so I want us to look at that, and I want to call this message the missing ingredient. The missing ingredient. I fully believe that we can get a lot of things right a lot of things, but this one missing ingredient can block and it can hinder this whole concept of kingdom, this concept of monarchy, God's power, God's authority, this one ingredient. And I want to read a scripture to you, Second John chapter 1, verse number 8. Before I read that, uh, I realized this week I got way more notes than I've got time, so people in the back don't get nervous. I may not get through, we may only get through half of the message, but, but just bear with me. Uh, I got a lot to say today, but Second uh, John 1 verse 8 says, make sure that you don't lose what you have worked for. I want you to experience a full reward. So this tells me, this one verse tells me that it's possible to live in a relationship with Jesus only experiencing a partial reward. That, that I'm only getting partial what God wants for me. And I think a lot of believers find themselves in that place. I mean, you, you can look at the book of Acts and you can see the disciples of Jesus. The Bible says this about them, get this. They were unlearned, uneducated, and yet they turned the world upside down because they had been with Jesus. Um, in, in other words, they, even though they were unlearned, untrained, you, you might even say ignorant, they didn't know a lot of stuff, and where they differ from us, we know a lot of stuff, but we're not demonstrating the kingdom. They didn't know as much, and they were demonstrating much more than we are. They were living out a full reward, and I think many times we know more than we apply, and we're only operating with a partial reward, parts of the kingdom, but I'm looking for some people today that would say, I want to embrace the, the entire kingdom. All that God has for me, all that God has for my family, all that God has for my church, I want to see that kingdom demonstrate. Anybody feel what I'm saying today? I want all of it, not a partial. I want all of it. Not some of it, but all of it. I'm gonna ask you a question. Have you ever sensed that you were not getting a full reward. You ever just sense that? Like, I, I just know there's more. I know that I'm not experiencing all that God has for me. The point is, is that if you're missing something that is keeping your life ineffective, it doesn't matter how many other things you're getting right. If you're missing this one ingredient, you could be missing out on a much, much bigger reward. The missing ingredient is gonna sound a little old-fashioned today, um, and I'm not worried about that, um, especially considering the world in which we live right now. I think we need some of the old-fashioned principles right now. If you don't believe me, just turn on the news. Um, the con this concept, though, that I'm about to give you is very foreign to this generation. 
very foreign in, in many circles, in, even in this country. And I believe that that missing ingredient is the ingredient called honor. <laughs> yeah, that's about what I thought. The missing ingredient is honor. That is, and, and many times we, we know a lot, we, we got a lot of information, we got a lot of revelation, but because we live in a society that does not value honor, matter of fact, we actually value dishonor in this country, um, we, we are missing out on what God has for us. I'm convinced that honor is the missing ingredient in many circles. I believe it's the missing ingredient in the church, I believe it's the missing ingredient in homes. I, let's, let's go ahead, back to school blessing. I believe it's the missing ingredient in the school system. I believe it's the missing ingredient in government. I believe that honor is something that this culture doesn't understand, doesn't comprehend, we don't value it. And because of that, we are missing one of the most important ingredients to bringing the kingdom of heaven into the earth because the kingdom, listen to what I'm about to say, faith is the currency of the kingdom, but honor is the culture of the kingdom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Honor is the culture of the kingdom. So important that, that the prophet Malachi says that, that if we ignore the ingredient of honor, that we automatically come under a curse. Like it's just a given. If you lack honor, you're cursed. You will see this play out in your life in a negative way. Honor, let's, let's give uh, some definition to the word honor. Honor means value, worth, or weight. To honor someone means that we add value, worth, and weight to them, all right? We are adding value to someone when we honor them. Now, on the other end, let's look at the word dishonor. I think it's important to look at this. It means to take something lightly. To dishonor someone means that we remove value, we remove worth, and we remove weight from them. This generation is taking a lot of things lightly. We, we take um, common things. Uh, we, 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 we make things common that shouldn't be common. We, we, we take things that should be esteemed and we want to bring them all down to our level. We wanna feel equal to everything. But honor isn't about you being equal. Honor is about you adding weight somewhere that's more significant than the weight you bring. You know why we, we struggle right now? Because everybody puts their pants on the same way, preacher. You don't get it. And I'm gonna show you this from, from not my perspective. I wanna show you this from the word of God today um, because right now in our world, do you all know the spirit of dishonor is running rampant? I mean, you can watch the news and you can see a spirit of dishonor. We don't honor uh, life we don't honor race. We don't, we don't honor uh, other people. We don't honor government. We, we don't honor anything. And, and, and this spirit uh, of dishonor is keeping us many times, because how many know it can infiltrate its way into the church and people who love God and understand the kingdom and should value honor, that, that if we're not careful, we can allow that spirit of dishonor into our heart. And it will come out in our homes. It will come out in our workplace, in, in, in places that, that we walk into. Because you can do, listen, you can do all the right things and still have a spirit of dishonor about you. 
See, we think if I just do what they told me to do, I'm honoring. No, if you're doing what you were told to do, but your attitude stinks, you are still operating in dishonor. That's about what I thought. But we, we, we've, we've got to grab a hold of this because honor is a kingdom ethic. Honor is germane in the kingdom. Honor is what we do in the kingdom. It's who we are in the kingdom. It, it's, it's not only the culture of the kingdom and a part of the DNA of the kingdom. I'm going to take it a step further today in case you don't know it. Honor is who we are at Bethesda Church, and it is a part of our DNA, and it is who we are, and it is something that we place a great deal of value on is the concept of honor. Honor is important. If we lack honor, we're going to miss the promises of God. Look at Mark chapter 6 with me, starting in verse number 1. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's the wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Now watch this. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, and this is so important, he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. And he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, you, you gotta see how the scripture ends. It says that he couldn't do many miracles there, but the chapter before tells us that the previous town, he healed everyone there. But in this town, his hometown, he, it wasn't that he wouldn't do it. The Bible says he couldn't do it. The question we gotta ask is, why couldn't God do what God does in this town? He couldn't do it. He was restrained from doing it. Why? Dishonor. He said a prophet is not without honor. In other words, a prophet has honor everywhere except among his own. And, and so what, what was happening in this text is Jesus is showing us there is a connection between your honor and your faith. That, that when, I, when, when I can honor people and honor those over me and honor my spouse and on like how many there's a lot of people we're supposed to be honoring and and that if I operate in honor it automatically um, makes my faith bigger that honor and faith are connected and so what they did in his hometown is they took Jesus who should have been on this level and they diminished him to this level isn't this you know the carpenter is it isn't we know his brothers. We know his sisters, you know. Nothing special about Jesus. No, no reason to really give honor to him. And the Bible says that he was limited by their attitude. Dishonor, I want you to get this. Dishonor will shut down what's in a person that was meant to be a blessing to you. We can go to the house and think about that. God always locks up your next level in another person. And many times, because we dishonor the person we, we need to be receiving from, 
then what, what is in them is now shut off from us. The only way to open that door back up is through honor. That's the only way you're gonna open it. So why does this happen? How, how, do, we, how, how do we go from honoring someone to diminishing them? to where we're equal and we can't receive from them and you know they put their pants on the same way that I put my pants on and you know we're we're all just family is is one of the words you will hear people say but I want to give you two reasons why we begin to dishonor people number 1 we dishonor people because we get too familiar with them we get too familiar we know them too well y'all remember the the series I did on treasure hunters that if you want the treasure, you gotta be able to endure the field. But a lot of times we, we can't pull the treasure out because at the moment we see the field, we dishonor them. It's quiet in this uh, Presbyterian church today. The moment we see a little bit of field, a little bit of dirt, a little bit of thing, well, I, I, you know, I thought this about them, but now I think this about them, and, and now the spirit of dishonor has, has infiltrated our heart. You've heard the statement, familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. That word comes from, the root word of the word um, is family. And it, it, what it is is that we want to reduce people to be equal, all right? But when we're talking about honor, it's not about we all just the same. How many know that if the president walked in today, we should probably stand to our feet? The position demands honor. See, we, we all hung up. And it doesn't matter if it was, you know, the, the president we have right now or the president who was in office before the one we had now. If they walked in, the position demands honor. I, I can disagree with you without being dishonorable to you. And see, this is where we can't, we, we can't make it in this nation because the moment we disagree with you, we now dishonor you. Yeah. And it's, it's anti-kingdom. It's, it's anti-Christ spirit that is already at work in the world, the New Testament says. It, the, the, like, we, we are so upside down in this culture so upside down that we can't esteem anyone, we can't place any value on them because we think that if I value them, then it diminishes me. <laughs> As if God runs out of blessing. Some of y'all think God runs out. Like if we give them too much honor, there ain't none left for me. Get over yourself. You've missed the whole concept of honor. The Son of God was limited because there was a lack of honor. We start reducing those who deserve honor to our level. And the moment we reduce them to our level, especially if it's someone that we need that relationship speaking into our life, when we diminish them, when we pull them down from the weight they should have, we can no longer receive the gift or the treasure from them. A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his hometown. And, and it's funny to me that in this text, it shows us that the people closest to Jesus were the ones that couldn't receive from Jesus. All because they were so familiar that they could not see the gift. 
I believe that we come to church sometimes and we take everything so for granted that we can no longer see the gift, the anointing, the blessing, the increase. We, we just take it for granted. We can't see it anymore. And, and it's because we've been so close to it for so long that we've just taken it for granted. Same thing happened to Jesus. The people closest couldn't receive from him. But we read about in Matthew chapter 8 that a Roman centurion who was a Gentile who was not even a part of the group Jesus came specifically to talk to, he, he said, I get this authority and honor thing. I've got people over me. I've got people under me. I tell people to go, and they go. And, and Jesus said, man, that's awesome. I'll come to your house. I'll heal your servant. The man says, I don't need you to do it. I understand how this thing works. I honor you. I honor the gift. If you'll just speak the word, I know my servant will be healed. So those in his house couldn't receive, and a Gentile that has never met him says, I I place so much honor on you, so much weight and value on you, I know if you just speak the word, you don't even have to come to my house, he'll be healed. How many know that's honor? I said honor connects you to faith. The moment you dishonor, you are now limiting your faith. So by faith, I'm going to honor those I'm supposed to honor. If I can't do it for any other reason, I'm going to do it because I don't want to lose my faith. If it's just for that reason alone, I'm going to continue to honor people. Jesus said about the Roman centurion, what did he say? He said, I haven't seen faith like this before. Like, this has blown my mind. Like, this guy gets it. I've not seen anything like this before. So when we get too familiar, it, it can breed uh, dishonor in our hearts. The second um, way is through offenses. When we get offended, how many know if you get offended with your boss, it's hard to receive from them again. If you get offended with your spouse, you don't want them doing anything for you. Smile. If you get offended with your pastor, you can't hear from God from him again. Listen, hurt is, is, is a given. How many, we're gonna get hurt in relationships. Sometimes it's willingly, sometimes it's not willingly, but we, we get hurt, but watch this. That happens, nothing you can do about getting hurt. But offense, that's a choice. The people of God don't wanna hear that though. I hear more Christians say I'm offended than anywhere else. I'm offended, I'm offended. Well, why don't you choose to not be offended? Why don't you choose not to? I understand you got hurt, and we don't have to go through the entire list of what you've been through. I get it. You were hurt. But if you, you have a choice to make now. Are, are you going to stay there, or are you going to choose to get up? Are you going to choose to move forward? Um, people get offended at one another, can no longer receive from one another. Um, again, getting hurt happens, but... You you can't prevent getting hurt, but you can prevent being offended. Um, So how how do we set our hearts to honor? How do we do that? Number one, we honoring begins with God's claim on them. All right, let me explain this. This has nothing to do with what they deserve. It doesn't matter if they are Republican or Democrat. I just said that, didn't I? Um. It doesn't matter if they were good parents or bad parents. You notice God said, honor your mother and father. He didn't say honor the good ones. But dishonor the bad ones. He said, honor them. Honor them. 
Um, honor does not begin with your assessment. Honor begins with God's claim on them. So it means that I don't, I, I'm not doing this based on my perception of them. I'm honoring them based on how God feels about them. And at the end of the day, no matter what they've done, who they are, where they've been, how many know Jesus died for them, Jesus loves them, and, and I, I have to see them through that perspective. It starts with God's claim on them. Ephesians 5, 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. How, how do I submit and honor others? Out of reverence for Christ. That's how I do it. I do it out of reverence for Christ. I treat people based um, not on my view of them, but on my view of him. You see how honor and faith is connected. It's completely connected. So, so honoring begins with God's claim on them. Secondly, I gotta understand honor benefits me. A lot of people don't understand. They think if I honor someone, it only benefits the person being honored. Not realizing there are benefits for us when we honor other people. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. In the Old Testament, we know it's in the top 10, the 10 commandments, Exodus, Exodus chapter 20 Verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So, so honoring your, your mother and father is in the top 10, right? Like the 10 commandments, it's, it's placed there and it has to do with the concept of honor. Um, there's another place in scripture that talks about being obedient to parents. Um, I, I wanna talk about this real quick. Being obedient to your parents is one thing. Obedience is necessary until you get the revelation of honor. Because once you get the revelation of honor, you don't need rules to obey. Honor takes it up a level. Honor says, I don't need uh, all your rules, mom and dad. I'm gonna honor you no matter what. I'm gonna honor you because you are my mom, you're my dad. So I don't, I don't need all the rules, I'm gonna honor you. It's, a, it's another level that, that we give to them. And, and look at what God says. When we do it, he said, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, now the land God was talking about, he said, I want you to honor your mom and dad, and, and if you do it, he said, you're go, you're, the days uh, of you living in the promised land are gonna be good days, you're gonna enjoy them, and you're gonna live a long time. The promised land in the Old Testament is not a picture of heaven in the New Testament. The promised land is the overcoming life in the earth right now. That's the promised land. How do you know that, Pastor? Because in the promised land, they still had giants to fight. So it's not a picture of heaven, but it is about overcoming and living a victorious life here. And, and God says, if you'll honor them, your days will be long and you're gonna live well in the land of your promise. In other words, if I fail to bring honor, not just to my parents, not just to uh, my family, not, not just to the ball, but to all people that deserve honor, if I honor them, God says, it will go well with me. It goes well with me. Some people, it never goes well with them, and the, and the root cause is dishonor. The root cause is dishonor. That, that if I will do it God's way and honor others, add value to them, that it will go well. Now, what I love about this is who wants to live long if it's not going well? 
Come on, y'all. That's a good question. I mean, who wants to live long if everything's miserable? God says everything's gonna go good for you. You're gonna live long, but you gotta get the concept of honor. In Luke 2, 52, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. All right? How many know that's a great verse? He grew in wisdom and favor. But I want you to look at the verse right before it. Luke 2, 51. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, talking about his parents. This is one verse prior to growing in favor and wisdom and stature was Jesus, the Son of God, submitting to his parents. How many know honor? Some of y'all are like, I need to go get my kids, right? I need to bring them in here to hear this. Um, but honor is important. It benefits us. Um, there, there's a, a text in Proverbs chapter 30, um, and I gave it to him late. I think we do have it. All right, we're good. Proverbs chapter 30, it, it's an interesting text because uh, in verses 11 through 17, it starts with dishonor towards parents, and it ends with dishonor towards parents. But tucked right in the middle, there's a couple of verses that's like, man, I, I don't really understand this, but we're going to break it down real quick. It says, there is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There's a generation whose teeth are like swords. How many know our words cut? Whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are, are like knives. To devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters. Here's the two verses. like, what in the world? The leech has two daughters. Give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied, four never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Listen, guys, it, he, he starts with, with this honoring your parents or dishonor, ends with it, but tucked right in the middle are, are a couple of verses that I don't think we really get. He says there, he says, um, and the needy from among men, verse 15, the leech has two daughters, give and give. And, and what he's talking about is a generation of people who are entitled. You know what I've learned about this younger generation? Entitled. Instead of them feeling like they owe the world something, they, they feel like the world owes them something. Um, I grew up where you earn, you do. Like, if you want something, go work for it. Work hard for it. Don't, don't, don't make other people, you know, owe you anything. Go earn it. Go get it done. But he's talking about a, a generation that is entitled, and he says, um, the leech has two daughters. Give and give. In other words, they run around, give me, give me, give me. They're like leeches sucking the life out of everyone. They want a hand out instead of a hand up. This is going over well. They suck the life out of everything. Why? Because they did not grow up with a principle of honor. There are consequences not only to you not honoring your parents, but not honoring your spouse, not honoring your boss, not honoring your coworkers, not honoring the people you work with. How many know? Not honoring government officials. There are consequences to it. 
And, and we, we allow the spirit of the world, the spirit of this age, to infiltrate our hearts and cause us to miss out on this one ingredient that can unlock the kingdom at a greater level in our lives and actually connect me to greater faith. But a lot of people have missed the principle of honor. Did you know the very first thing that Hitler did to change the nation of Germany, the very first thing he did, is that he taught the children that if your parents disagree with Nazism, like if they disagree with it, turn them in. Turn your parents in if they disagree with what I'm doing. And so the children were taught at a young age to turn their parents in if they were not in agreement with Hitler. What was Hitler doing? He was teaching them right out the gate to be dishonoring. From the very beginning, and, and one of the most evil nations we've ever seen, and all that they did, it started with dishonor. You can get a lot of things right, but if you miss the principle of honor, you're gonna, your life will be limited. Honor produces faith. Honor attracts blessing into your life. Honor uh, opens up your destiny and my destiny. And I'll say it like this, your level of honor determines what you receive. Your level of honor determines what you will receive. If, if there is someone in your life you're supposed to, to receive from, if you treat them as common, ordinary, no big deal about them, then you're cutting off what you can now receive from them and pull out of them. Honor is so important. The third thing I would give you about honor is honor, honoring is decided, not deserved. See, we struggle because they think, well, they don't, they don't deserve honor. It's not about what they deserve. Honor is decided. It's a choice. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 13, it says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Does it say to every human authority? It does. Y'all are really having a hard time, aren't you? Whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right, for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now, how I many? I don't even have to elaborate on that. We can take that verse home, and we got work to do. We, we got work to do just reading 1 Peter chapter 2. Those who resist authority, um, they, they bring judgment into their lives, knowingly and unknowingly. When we resist what the authority God has given us, um, we automatically set ourselves up to operate under a curse, a, a curse in our lives. Um, there are some what I call honor killers, Things that will kill honor. We need honor, but there are things that will kill it. Number one, pride will kill honor. The, the middle letter of pride is I. Pride starts and stops with I. I cannot honor you because I'm so involved with myself being honored. That, that, that's what it is. We're called, listen to this, we are called to prefer our brothers and sisters. Not, not take advantage of them, but actually prefer them. Um, pride will not allow you to prefer anyone but your own agenda. 
your own, your own self. The, the prescription for pride is one word. It's humility. Unless I, I choose to be humble, I'm going to operate in pride, and pride is an honor killer. And the second one is jealousy. Man, this stuff's even in the church. Jealousy is paranoid fear. That's what jealousy is. Paranoid fear. It's, it's when someone else is being recognized or appreciated or honored or they got a promotion or they got the job we wanted. Um, it, jealousy is we can't celebrate them because we can only think about what we missed out on. I want to tell some people today, if you can't celebrate someone else for how they're being recognized and how they're being honored and how they're being esteemed, you're probably not ready to be recognized, appreciated, and esteemed. I feel like I'm at the golf course. <laughs> it's a putt for birdie. I know, this is tough. This is not like run the aisle stuff. But this is bring the kingdom into the earth stuff. Jealousy is the ultimate indicator that you don't trust God. The ultimate indicator. It's, it, when, when we can't celebrate other people, as I said earlier, we, we feel like God is running out of blessing. God is running out of jobs. God is running out of promotion. How I many God ain't running out of anything. He's limitless. The third is a judgmental or critical spirit. It's an honor killer. Um, th this, this attitude is we, we can't honor the gift in someone because we keep tripping over their dirt. We, we can't honor the gift. In, we, we can't honor who they are without stumbling over who they're not. We, we, guys, we struggle with this because once you've hung around with somebody, you know what you find out? They're human. They make mistakes. They may love Jesus real big, but cuss a little. Doesn't mean they don't love Jesus. They just cuss a little. Let, let us come home with you. I promise we'll see some dirt. And sometimes dirt isn't what you said or what you did. Sometimes dirt is your body language in a situation. Do you know <laughs> I express honor through body language? If you don't believe me, I mean, just have some of the staff come into a room where I'm sitting there like this. I promise you I'm communicating something and it ain't honor. Right? It, it, I'm communicating something, but it's not. Like, we, we think the roll of the eyes, and we send those little emojis, right? Oh, my goodness. And we don't know that we're, we're, we're opening our hearts up to dishonor. And now, and a lot of, the unfortunate thing is, is that we're doing that with relationships that God designed to pour into us. But the moment I operate in dishonor, I now cut off what's in this person that I need. And it's all through dishonor. The fourth and final honor killer, there's a lot more. We could preach on this for a long time, but is rebellion. Um, there's a natural tendency in all of us to resist authority. Nobody really likes being told what to do. 
And the reason is because we were born and shaped in iniquity. David wrote about it. That we're born into sin. We have a tendency uh, to sin. It's in our nature. We don't like somebody saying, do this, do that. We just don't like it. But you need to know when you have those feelings of, I don't like that, that's your sinful nature talking. That's not your new creation talking. That's your sinful nature talking. Rebellion against spiritual authority often comes from an unfulfilled desire to be recognized. We, we struggle to honor them because we feel like we're missing out on that same honor, that, that we, we should be esteemed in the same way. Again, God's not running out of anything. So I can give honor to whom honor is due and not worry that when I give honor to whom honor is due that I'm missing out. I'm actually opening myself up to receive through my ability to honor. Rebellion against authority never happens overnight. It starts with seeds. Starts with a few words here, a few words there, and it's my ability to either cast those aside or entertain them. And you can read about it in the Old Testament with Korah. He led a national rebellion um, with influential leaders. Like he got influential people on his side. He got well-to-do people on his side, and he led this rebellion, um, and, and he was passed up. Part of the problem was he was passed up for a younger Uh, a younger man to lead. And that's what caused this rebellion in his heart. Um, And what I would say about that is, even though he was able to get influential people on his side and get a bunch of people in his corner, the Bible still called it rebellion. Just because you got a lot of people who agree with you doesn't mean you're not operating in rebellion. So he, he had not just anybody, like not all the rebellion, he had influential people, people of favor that, that had uh, said, we're with you, we're on your side. And, and it, had it not been for Aaron who offered up a sacrifice for them, um, I think the Bible tells us, I, I think I wrote it down, 15,000 people died at, as a result of his rebellion. And had Aaron not offered a sacrifice, more people would have died. So, so, when it comes to honor, when it comes to rebellion, how many of these are things we have to repent of quickly? We can't allow those things to take root in our heart. Honor is the ability to recognize someone for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor uh, one another above yourselves. First Peter two seventeen. show proper respect to everyone Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God, honor the king. I said earlier in the message, but I made it a point here later in the message. I I want you to get this. Faith is the currency of the kingdom, but honor is the culture of the kingdom. Faith is the currency, honor is the culture. And we'll finish up with a couple of things here. You guys good? Oh my. Number one, honor is not earned, it is given. You don't, you don't have to earn my honor. We freely give honor. Um, we struggle with that because we want everybody to earn everything. We want them to earn our forgiveness. We want them to earn our trust. And I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't you know, walk with people and, and you know, walk, walk through the process uh, at a pace that you're comfortable with. But when it comes to honor, we do it because God said so. It, it isn't about them deserving the honor as much as it is about us giving them the honor. Um, 
Secondly, I would, get, I would say honor is not approval or agreement. Honor does not mean I agree with you. It means that even if I do agree with you, I'll still honor you. Now, how many know this nation's got a lot of work to do there? That, that it's not about agree, agreement it's a, or approval, but I'm still gonna honor you. I think part of the problem we have is that it's, it's easy to act like Jesus, but it's real hard to react like Jesus. Like, it's one thing to go through life, everything's good, and you're just acting like, gee, you're like, you walk on water, and your breath don't stink, and, you know, you never smell bad, never need a shower, like, you're just awesome, life's great. But how many know when something happens, it's how you react? We're, we're okay acting like Jesus, we're not okay many times reacting like Jesus. So my question is, is not how are you acting towards those you need to be honoring. How are you reacting when, when something comes up that maybe you don't wanna honor them? Are you still acting like Jesus and giving them honor anyway because it's not about approving of what they did or agreeing with what they did, but I'm gonna give this to you because God says to. Now, how many know this is a mature word? The, the baby Christians are not gonna walk this out. They're gonna get hung up, they're gonna struggle, but mature believers will get this concept and they will, how many wanna grow up and get off the milk and on the meat? <laughs> then honor is something that we gotta have. We'll wrap it up here. Honor is expressed through words, deeds, actions, thoughts, and body language. All right, that's a list, but it's, it's a good list. This is how honor is expressed. It's expressed through words, deeds, actions, thoughts, and body language. That's how it's expressed, but how many of you understand honor originates here? If this is right, my words, my body language, my actions, my thoughts will be right. Some people, watch this, they can fake it through words, actions, and body language, but how many know eventually your actions are What's in your heart is gonna show through your act. You can fake it for a little while, but you can't fake that long-term. If it's not here, eventually it's not gonna come out here. It's just not. What's in here? Jesus dealt with that. In Matthew chapter 15, starting verse seven, he said, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So Jesus said, there, it's possible for people to, he said, there's, it's possible for people to honor me with their lips, but their heart not be in it. Listen, guys, I, I taught this message because I believe it is a missing ingredient in the kingdom. I believe that your, your level of honor is connected to your level of faith. I believe that it attracts blessing, and I believe that it opens up destiny. But I also believe that the enemy knows the power of honor and will do anything he can to bring dishonor into our hearts and minds so that we miss out on the full reward that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to miss out on a full reward. I'm not living with a partial reward. I want everything God has for me. If you believe it, go ahead and give God a praise right there. Stand to your feet. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? If you're in this place or watching online and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I don't know him. 
as my personal savior. But today I, I would like to make Jesus my Lord and my savior. I want him to save me. I want him to change me. If you're in-house and that's you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me, pastor. I need to give my life to Christ today. I need, I need him to forgive me. I need him to save me. Anyone at all under the sound of my voice, you say, that's me today. Anyone at all. Those of you that are watching online, if you would like someone to pray with you, hit us up in the chat, let us know. We would love to pray with you and for you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. You can keep up with us at BethesdaChurch.tv, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And remember, you always have a home here at Bethesda.